Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast, here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, June 24, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? The market yet again made new highs. It's not a big deal anymore. They make a nominal new high and then they pull back. Maybe they make another new high tomorrow. Maybe they make a new high by a few points into the end of the week, maybe into the end of the month, which brings me to the next topic. We're going to circle back to the daily chart in a second, but I want to bring up the topic of the time frame we're coming into. So we've got the end of the month coming up next week. We've also got the end of the quarter, and we've also got the end of the first half of the year. These are three things that when put together are important. It's not a total shocker that the market can run up into the end of the month, quarter, and half year. And as such, I thought I would point out something I noticed I find really, really interesting. I don't know if this is going to mean anything, but those of you that have been following me for a long time know that I get immersed in the numbers. I'm all about the numbers. I eat, sleep, drink, numbers, all day, all night. It's not just relating only to the market, it really populates through my entire life. I mean, I'll give you an example. I'll take my kids for ice cream, and no kid is too old for ice cream. We're at the place, we're sitting down, eating a cup or a cone or whatever. By the time we leave, I've already in my mind calculated the gross profit margin, the total profit for the year of the ice cream shop. Now, I have no idea whether I'm right or wrong, but that's the way my mind works. I can't help it. It's not easy being me. Inside my mind is a dangerous place to be. Now let's get back to the market. What have I found out? Well, here's what I noticed. Check it out. So here's an uptrend. It's a weekly chart. From the naked eye's perspective, there's nothing here. Some minor pullbacks, basically a tremendous rally off the pandemic crash low March 2020. Now, I see that just the same as everybody else, but I start looking under the covers. I start doing stuff that most people don't do. So here's what I noticed on this one. Now remember, as I go through this, there's a method to the madness, and inside my head is a dangerous place to be. You just have to go with me on this. You don't have to buy into the thing. You just have to listen, sit back, and make your own decision later. We have a low. If you count the amount of weeks from the low and including the low, and believe me, I did it a number of times. As it stands now, we're in the 66th week since the low. Again, to the naked eye, that doesn't mean much. It doesn't really mean much in the big scheme of things until or unless we get some kind of a turn within a week. I'm not saying we will, I'm just saying it would be interesting if we did. Why is that? Now, what are we looking at? We're looking at the daily chart, but this low is from March of 2009. What's the low? About $67.10. So next week is the 67th week from the most recent important low from the pandemic crash of 2020. Now, I'm not saying that there's any relation to that low and the March 2009 low. 
Here's what I am saying. The March 2009 low was a very, very important low. I think we can all agree upon that at this point. Now we're back to the current weekly chart, and we don't know until we know, but what if on the 67th week off an important bottom, do we get a very important top? We don't know. I'm not saying we will. I'm saying I've been doing this a long time. I look at these numbers because when I do my work looking back in history, what happens is these are the things that stand out to me. When you look for reasons why a market made a turn, where or when it made a turn, you start looking for relationships. And you don't know what you're going to find until you look and you peel back the onion and you look some more and you continue doing it. Sometimes you find nothing. Sometimes you find something that's a head scratcher. Sometimes you find something that you can use into the future. It doesn't matter what you find each and every time. You're going to find something. You don't know how important it is until you know. And this is one of those things that I'm just filing it away saying, hey, these numbers are standing out. We've got one of them that represents a very, very important low. Now we have another thing that may, we don't know, but it may represent a very, very important high. Let's call a ball a ball and a strike a strike. And from where I sit, we don't know exactly when, we don't know from exactly what price, but this type of chart is not sustainable in the manner in which it's trading. The market will correct, there will be pain involved, and it never feels like it right before it begins to take place. There's my detour soapbox operation for today. We're getting back to the daily chart and current activity. Where are we? We made a new high. It's not a big deal. Above all the moving averages, the trend is your friend until she dumps you. They can certainly go higher. We've got a Friday, a potential Friday floater. We have the end of the month coming up, quarter and half year. So for a couple of days, we're not going to be surprised if they push higher. At one point or other, it could look like a melt-up operation, but we have to have an understanding of the players involved and what's going on. So as the market pushes up, it's doing it on very light volume. So again, that doesn't mean it's bearish, but what it does mean is we do not have, and I'll emphasize, we do not have institutional participation signaling there's a new fresh leg higher coming that's going to last weeks, months, hundreds or thousands of points, nothing like that. So if they make a new high, it's likely going to be a nominal new high. Now, the caveat is, if they do it all of a sudden, we wake up to another gap up, it's on tremendous volume, it's a frenzy, it's a melt up, and we finish on absolute highest volume day of the year, it's one of two things, either exhaustion or the beginning of a new leg. We'll cross that bridge if we have to. What's going on inside the numbers? Well, I will tell you, whether it be from a stocks on the move perspective, we had activity, and also there was commentary that produced results either way you looked at it, whether it was on the bull or the bear side, there was something for everybody, even as quiet as the market was, if a trader so chose to trade the trade. Happy Thursday, wake up green to another push higher after eating time off the clock. 
That's what they did for the last couple of days. We'll circle back to stocks on the move. The early thoughts. Yesterday, we were waiting for them to get up to that zone, 424.50. Now, they hovered under it all day long. So what does that tell you? Tells you they're building energy to likely trade through it. And sometimes when they can't trade through it, whether it's on the upside or the south side, they gap over or under a price. That's another way to accomplish the same thing. That's what we saw this morning. So they were above that number in the pre-market. That gives us a pretty good clue that they're going to challenge the highs. So what does that say? Opening the day above, 424.50 puts the all-time highs squarely on the table. 425.46. They're on the table anyway. On the flip side, we don't really need the flip side. We didn't know we weren't going to need the flip side in the early thoughts, but as it turns out, we can skip the flip side. Started out with a floater market, so we kind of know what we're going to be faced with. The writing is on the wall when you get a big gap up and we're challenging the highs. Unless you're getting tremendous volume to push through the highs, you're going to likely have one of these floating chop-chop formations. All right, now, 922. This is in the pre-market. So here's the first opportunity of the day. If they go up and challenge the all-time highs, can a trader take a short up there, either just in front of it, at it, or a spike of it? Yes, as long as it happens quick. Later is different depending on what's been happening on the tape. So what I'm saying here is market opens at 9.30. At some reasonable period of time, all of a sudden they run up to the old highs. Then yeah, it's a potential short. Stay with me on this. As long as you realize closing candles above the former high of 425.46 would put them in no man's land and thus shorts could be issued a pie in the face. You get into a trade, you need to know where your risk is. That's where your risk was. So guess what? You're taking a trade very close to risk. So guess what? If we have to lose on a trade, we want to lose close to risk. We want to be able to lose small and fast if we have to lose at all. And then if they were pushing above the highs, an hourly close above would have been of the apple variety, meaning apple pie. Short-term candles closing above is kind of like a cupcake with the understanding Trip and Company could be participating. All right, so what we're saying is there's a potential short at the old highs. Fair enough. Now, right after the opening bell, they're just floating. They were pushing higher, and there's nothing to do with the S&P at that point. Why is that? You can't be long to go long for the highs when they're really just like a buck away. It's way too risky. That's too risky because the risk is on your downside. You don't know that they're going to get there. The probabilities say, yeah, they're probably going to get to the old highs. But what happens if they pull back first? What happens if Trick and Company show up and they pull the rug out real quick in an early morning shakeout? So you don't want to just buy the market saying, hey, let's buy the market because they're probably going to go to the highs. That's not a way to run it as a business. However, if they do get up there quickly, short up there for a scalp trade is on the table. So there's a difference in probabilities of those two trades. Completely different risk profile of those two trades, being long for the highs or shorting at the highs. In this particular case, your trade was to short at the highs. That was your higher probability trade with a very well-defined risk profile. 941, nice trade on KBH for those that participated. 
The rest is trader's choice. We'll circle back to stocks on the move later. No change, they were pushing higher. Okay, fair enough. So now by 10.20, they were really just eating time off the clock. So I say spending about an hour under the old highs begins to take it off the table for me for a short trade. Doesn't mean they won't pull back. Traders who understand the risk and are willing to take on the risk can still do the trade. It's a very light volume push up there, which means there is no institutional participation. We talked about that. Again, you're always learning in here one way or the other. Grinding light volume markets are not the best short trades on the board. We like the ones that do it quickly. So what I'm saying is I'm not taking the trade. I don't like the setup. Just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's not going to work. Other traders might like it just fine. Just telling you the way I think about it. And then by 1029, you'll notice this. Under normal market conditions, even with a spike of the old high, they'll still come back at some point to run a test of 425 and likely a spike of it. I think it's time for a visual. Right of the vertical is today's activity. We are looking at a five-minute SPY chart. The top horizontal trend line is at 425.46, which represents the former high. So if you recall from the notes, what we said was they're going to run up to the former high. Either they'll come up short, they'll meet it exactly, or they'll spike it through by a little bit. But what they should do is come back to run a test of 425 and probably spike through it. And there's 425. So you see what happened. They ran up, they tested the high, they spiked it through by a few pennies, they came back to 425, they spiked it through by a little bit, and then they just went back and forth in a chop shop formation all day long. So as prescribed, they did the thing both ways. And we're moving along. I'm going to scroll up. You can pause the video, read the notes, go back to the charts to double check the work. I pointed out a couple of important things. If you're an active trader during the trading day and you're utilizing any vehicle that tracks the SPY, it's like having an angel on your shoulder. Everything is not right 100% of the time, but the numbers are pretty good and we're right the majority of the time. So here's what we had, 1109. The morning yielded the following. RAD and KBH, we'll circle back to those. The S&P did the thing where they run a test of the highs, then pull back to a specific spot. They did that. There wasn't anything else on the docket. Therefore, we'll get some non-screen time under our belt and be back later. And really nothing else happened in the afternoon. I posted this picture that showed you that they're doing the same thing they were doing the last two days. They run up and then they eat time off the clock. Why do they do that? Because that's a way the market builds energy to do the next leg higher. That's the way it works. One time it will fail, but right now we don't go with one time it will fail. We go with the duck, and the duck is continue higher until she's an ugly duck. We use the 80-20 rule. The market's going to do the same thing 80% of the time. 20% of the time it's going to do something different. So we go with the 80% saying... 80% is just going to do the same thing it always does, and we have to have the ability to notice when the 20% is unfolding. And generally speaking, we do. And then you just had some, into the end of the day, one more note, which was, nothing's going on. The afternoon was an absolute nothing burger. 
Stocks on the move. So we posted up five on the board this morning to hit their entry objectives. That's okay. It's a quiet market. You take what the market gives you. She gave us two. We'll take two. KBH, RAD. How about a C-H-A-R-T? We'll start with Rite Aid getting a buzz cut at the open. There were three numbers posted on the board. It gapped below the first one. So what do we do with that? Right. The first one is wiped off the board. The second one is all of a sudden the first one. It's now on the table. 1756. You see what happened. It came into the number. Doesn't look like anything tremendous. It wasn't. But what was it? A base hit. Guess what? Base hits put you in the Hall of Fame over and over and over again. Now think about this logically. Comes into the number and it goes up to a high in this candle of 1789. It's more than 30 cents on a 17 and a half dollar stock. It's almost 2% in minutes. Whether or not you got the full 2% Monty doesn't matter. They're giving you a base hit and then some. You take it and if a trader wants to hold some of it, you never know when they're going to give you the rocket ride. No rocket ride on Rite Aid, that's fine. You just don't let the remaining portion of your position go negative. You scratch out of it, so you only made a profit on half the position. You don't have to do that. I'm just saying when you do do that, you give yourself the opportunity to catch the rocket ride when which ones we don't know, but some of them over time just keep going all day long. The second one was KBH, KB Home, $40.28 was the number posted on the board, zero dark 30. Getting a haircut at the open comes into the number. The rest is history. You see what happened. They basically found support at that number, hung around for a cup of coffee, started to bounce, bounced around. They gave you the base hit over and over and over and over again all day long. Technically speaking, in the third candle of the day on this five-minute chart, the high was $40.90. From an entry of $40.28, guess what? That's a nice trade. It's a nice, quick, painless base hit over and over and over again. If you don't understand the power of compounding, look it up at the University of Google, get out a Google Sheet, run some numbers, compound some numbers for yourself, and you'll gain an understanding of how valuable base hits can be. What's going on over in Camp IWM? They're melting up. They got above the 20 period moving average. This is the third day. They're melting up to challenge the most recent highs made. And guess what? If in fact we're gonna trade up higher into the weekend, into the end of the month, into the end of the quarter and so on, then the IWM is likely going to at least challenge if not make a new high. Go back to the weekly chart and remember, they never closed a week below the low to 17.67 of this weekly breakup candle. We've been talking about this for a long, long time. What's going on down at the transportation department? Same thing we talked about yesterday. Had a decent update today. Are they going to trade up into the area that would retest the most recent breakdown area? Most likely. Does that mean it turns bullish? Not unless it turns bullish. Running a test is one thing, turning bullish is the other thing. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? Q people. Yes, I know, there's a doji candle. They're at new highs. The trend is up. 
The trend is your friend until she throws you out the third story window. The longer term charts, the trend is the more dominant thing than a little tiny doji candle. We're not going to make heads or tails out of a little doji candle at new highs. What about the XLF? Nice big update today, up 2% in the XLF. What are they doing? They're doing the same thing we talked about. They're formulating one of these wedge patterns. They're going to retest this area. That's where they broke down from. It's a breakdown candle high. There'll be somewhat of a convergence of moving averages over here. That's an area that is right to get tested. Getting through and above that area is a whole new set of worms. Smash Mouth, pretty good proxy for the tech space. Tech space is at new highs, meaning the Qs. Smash Mouth is not at new highs, but they're pushing toward new highs. So whether or not they make new highs or they do not make new highs over the next three or four days remains a mystery, but there's nothing bearish on this chart. Above all the moving averages, the trend is your friend until what? Until she throws you out. Staying above the weekly 20-period moving average, around the old highs, Nothing wrong with this chart. We just move it along. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. True, accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.